Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of the RV Connects podcast. We're always super excited you're here to spend some time with us as we talk camping tips, tricks, and travel reviews. If you're new to the show or have been around since the beginning, welcome or welcome back. I'm Melina, and together with my husband and co-host Dan and our teen and tween daughters, we are the RV Connects, a Canadian family who spends all our free time RVing around North America on a part-time basis. And it actually occurs to me before we jump into this episode, I don't know that I've ever explained the term Canuck. We just kind of take it for granted up here in Canada that everyone knows what it means. But we do have a fair amount of listeners outside of North America, um, some on the other side of the world. So a Canuck is just a nickname for a Canadian. And it's something that's generally wielded with pride Uh, for those of us north of the border. Also, we've talked about it probably a lot on this show, but our entire family are hockey fans. And two out of the four of us are Toronto Maple Leafs fans in this house. One is a Las Vegas Golden Knights fan. And me, myself and I, I'm a huge fan of the Vancouver Canucks. So I was the one who thought up the name for the show, and um, did I maybe decide on the word Canucks just so I can stick it to the other people in my house? Maybe, probably, but there you have it. That's where the name, the RV Canucks, comes from, and we are super happy you're here. Today we are going to talk specifically about traveling with friends, groups of friends in your RV, and how to make it smooth, how to set up expectations, and just make it a great trip that everyone enjoys. Absolutely. So we've put together a few tips here and I think we'll talk about them, share a couple of stories and give you a couple of things to think about. So I think our first thing is if you're going to travel with a group, make sure you know what the group commitment is. It's probably pretty easy to pick a weekend or pick a week, pick a location, but know before you go what you're signing up for. Is there a big hike, a big bike ride? a tourist site that everybody wants to see or a reason that you're going there so that you're prepared and you bring the right stuff mm-hmm. and so that your expectations aren't mismatched with what the weekend or the trip is going to be. For sure. Especially if it's going to be something vigorous. You'd really hate to go for a long hike and not have the right footwear or go on a bike ride and not have everything ready to go. Yeah. So basic communication, maybe ask every family, like, what is your number one thing to do when we go on this trip? And some families might be like, look, I just want to chill at the beach. Some families might be like, I want to hike that mountain over there. And that's something that's really important to us. But give everyone the freedom to decide if they want to participate in that or not. I guess make an effort to kind of maybe push yourself out of your comfort zone. If a family wants to do something you've never tried, why not give it a whirl? And it prevents you from being the Debbie Downer who didn't want to participate and just stayed on their campsite all weekend. Right. I think the next one, if you have family or friends staying in your trailer, or I guess even really if kids are coming by your trailer because you have a bunch of sites together, give people a tour of the trailer, especially if they're not familiar with RVing. So if you've got family members that have never stayed in a trailer before, show them how the toilet works, how the fridge works. They're going to stay for a couple of nights, show them how the shower works. Walk them through all that because that's probably a question they have and they might just be too nervous to ask, especially when you've got kids in your trailer. Make sure they know how to work the toilet so you don't (laughs) have any unexpected surprises I guess we'll say been there because I think every kid will be a little bit nervous to talk to an adult sometimes so make sure that you walk people through those kind of things and I think that's not really any different than if somebody came and stayed at your house or at your cottage yeah uh meals so 
rather than trying to do every meal together and everybody to contribute to breakfast and everybody contribute to lunch, I think Melina's got a great idea. Yeah. So what we normally try to do is just have, we have one meal where it's completely potluck and everybody gathers, everybody, you know, you pre-plan ahead. You might have like a WhatsApp or a group text or emails, phone calls, however you want to do it. Before you leave, figure out what night you want to do the potluck and figure out what everyone's bringing so you don't have, you know, five nacho dips. But everyone just meets one night. Everyone just brings all of their great food. The kids get into it. The adults get into it. You have a great ripper of a dinner or a lunch or however you want to do it. But the rest of the meals, each family is kind of fending for themselves. And I think that's the least stressful way to do it. We have done it every way possible, but I find being responsible for an entire meal for a large group of people, very, very stressful. And it's like the share is unequal, I find, on a lot of families too, because somebody might just like whip out some tuna sandwiches for lunch and somebody else is stuck doing bacon and eggs for 12, right? So I find the easiest way is just that everyone fend for themselves, each family does their own thing, then you don't need to worry about dietary restrictions or, you know, certain appetites of certain family members or picky eaters. You just go and do your thing, bring your potluck. And that doesn't mean you can't gather for meals. Like certainly, like if I'm having ribs and you're having hot dogs, you want to come over and sit with us, absolutely do that. But I think the keeping the responsibility for a group meal down to one big meal just makes it great. It makes it fun for everybody and it takes the stress off individual families. And it's going to make it easier, especially if you're traveling with kids, because kids can eat foods that they're accustomed to most of the time at a schedule that they're accustomed to. For sure. I think that one of the big challenges is how do we get everybody to the place that you're going? Mm -hmm. And so what I would suggest to people is for the most part, pick a common rally point. Don't try and travel together. That can be a little bit stressful to get everybody's schedules lined up. But pick the park and pick the time and everybody will meet there and they'll get there. Because if somebody else gets off at work at 12 and you get off work at 4 or somebody gets stuck in traffic or somebody's got to use the washroom, you can avoid all of those little troubles. And if you're the kind of person who doesn't like to follow somebody else, you can just get there on your own schedule. Mm -hmm. And you can worry about the road and not worry about like, oh, where's so-and-so? I don't see them behind us anymore. Where did they go? Now you're pulling off to the side of a highway in your trailer and trying to wait for somebody to show up and worried about if they're lost. It just makes more sense. It makes it a whole lot more easier if you just pick the rally point and meet there. That being said, We have traveled before where we've had people who are unfamiliar with the area and they've asked if they could travel with us. Absolutely, of course. But it's a whole lot easier to travel with, you know, two or three cars than 12 RVs going down the highway, right? And I guess the other caveat to that, which we probably should mention, and that's not going to happen to any of us anytime soon in our lives anyway, is that if you're going to some parts of Mexico, if you're going to South America, there are certain areas where you want to convoy. But in a manner of speaking, anywhere else you're going to go for a weekend trip or a week long trip, you're going to be fine just to meet there. And you know what, if you've got the one person that's a little uncomfortable with a certain area, that's okay to hook up with them or just get them through one point. But I I think by and large, you don't want to make people feel like they have to follow your route or go your way. Right. If you've got a certain road that you've got to turn down and you need to put a guide out there, then put a guide out there and help everybody out. So so be flexible on it. But I think probably most of the time, Melina's right. Pick a common rally point. Everybody gets there when they get there. Right. Big thing I think is really important that we've lost over the years is don't be a helicopter parent. Let your kids roam. Chances are you're going to travel with people that are just like you and they're going to have a couple of kids. So let your kids get out of the trailer and have fun. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think one thing you'll probably find is that this can actually make your life a lot easier. And, and I kind of realized this on a group camping trip. It's a couple of years ago. It was on Mother's Day weekend. And unfortunately, Melina couldn't be with us on Mother's Day weekend because she had a big exam to study for. So she wanted us to go on the camping trip so she could stay home and study. And so I took the girls probably on our first solo trip and we arrived kind of at dusk. Maybe it was already dark. I don't really want to say because Isla was kind of young. Isla got out of the trailer. She went tearing off with her friends through the forest. She got a couple of soakers, had an absolutely great time, but that absolutely just made my life easier because she was having fun with her friends, doing what kids should do, which is playing in the woods, having fun, not far from the campsite, but it let me get things set up with a whole lot less stress. Just I'm going to cut in here and just explain that a soaker is like getting your feet wet in a puddle, not she peed herself several times. (laughs) I just think I should put that out there. It actually, you know, was a really great experience. And I I leaned on Fiona, who was a little older, because she didn't have quite as many friends there. And I said, Fiona, can you go in the back and and make your your bed and Isla's bed? So I went back there with the sheets and she came back 20 minutes later with the reddest face you've ever seen and hair flying out of her ponytail and just said, whoa, mom really works hard back there. But she got the job done. Bunks, am I right? They're hard to put sheets on. (laughs) So anyways, I think what I'd say is, let your kids roam, let your kids have fun, because that's the whole purpose of getting out there. Don't try and pen them into the campsite. Yeah. And we're pretty cautious parents. Like we set rules and boundaries for our kids, but there was another trip. And I want to say Fiona was like nine and we could not find her anywhere. And there was a gaggle of kids everywhere. And somebody just sits there and just like points up into the tree. And I'm, I kid you not, If she was 30 feet in the air, she was 50 feet in the air. This kid like was so far up. She was a speck and the tallest like pine tree you've ever seen. Fiona was at the top, like it's swaying and she yells down. It's okay. It's okay. I got my helmet on. And she had stuck her bicycle helmet on her head and thought that that was okay. That would save her from a 30 foot fall. So me, like as my heart is in my throat, we basically talk her down and I didn't stop shaking until she was on the ground. But these little adventures, you know, I mean, I don't know. We all did them and we're we're okay. We made it we this made far. It. You know, some of my favorite memories from camping are just me and my brother tearing off and just going and creating new worlds in the forest and just seeing what we could find and skipping stones. And, you know, we, I don't even think we saw our parents till dinner time, you know. So I love the fact that our kids can go out there and I certainly feel a little more secure about it when there's a group of them together because we only have the two ourselves. Like you get six kids or eight kids together and they all tend to keep an eye out for each other. Absolutely. And usually one of them will turn into mother hen and it works out pretty well. I think the next thing I would say is rotate the campfire. Mm-hmm. It, it's probably not fair to let one person always be the person who hosts the campfire and has the after dinner drinks because that means they're probably the one that has most of the cleanup the next morning. They're paying for most of the firewood. They're probably up the latest and getting the least amount of sleep. So as much as you can, rotate the campfire around. Mm -hmm. If one person wants to be the person and that's their jam, by all means, but at least be the good person and offer it up. Yeah. Did you want to talk maybe a couple of the tips we have for getting small kids to sleep? Yeah. So I would just say if you're the campfire host that night, what we would normally do is we would, you know, fold down the table and put some blankets down if there was young kids there and just offer up to any of the parents who had the really young kids to lay their kids down and have them start to fall asleep 
at our trailer so they're not worried about their kids being, you know, two or three or five campsites away uh, when they're really ready to go to bed. So just offering up a place inside your trailer where, you know, they're close to mom and dad and and they can feel comfortable and hear them talking and, and just maybe have them get a little bit of shut eye while you send the older kids to somebody else's trailer with a bunch of board games. That's generally how we tend to work it when we travel as friends is that the older kids grab the Monopoly and they'll go to the next trailer over while we're having a fire if they don't want to sit with us. And they'll play Monopoly while the young kids bed down in our trailer and and the parents feel like if they have to run in and check, they're not missing out on anything either. Especially important to offer that up to somebody if maybe they don't have a trailer and they're in a tent with small kids that's really where we learned this tip the first time is somebody brought our girls in tucked them in got them to sleep in 10 minutes and it let us enjoy the rest of the night not have to go to bed at 7 30 p.m while the sun was high in the sky and i've seen the monopoly games last longer than the campfire yeah. so i think you'll find older kids maybe are willing to do things that they don't think are cool when they get out in the campground so keep those kind of things handy as well and i think maybe the last thing that we'll leave you with is, and this maybe ties back around at the beginning when we talked about knowing what the group commitments are, you don't have to say yes to every single activity. You should be part of most of the activities, but don't feel that you have to be part of every single activity. It's okay to say no once in a while. Just don't let yourself become that Debbie Downer. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's sometimes like, I mean, if half your family goes somewhere, it doesn't mean the other half does. You know, if six people want to head to the beach and nobody else wants to go, that's okay. Four other people can go hike a trail or maybe somebody wants to go have a nap. That's all right, too. I think it's good just to, like, keep the expectations down low and don't be afraid to do what you need to do as a family to make sure your family is happy as well. But you're there as a group. You're there to have fun together and make new memories as friends. So keep that in mind as well when you're deciding what you want to say no to. Right. If 20 people are there, not all 20 people have to go on the specific activity. What I would say, though, is if somebody takes your kids and takes them for a bike ride or takes them to the playground, do the same thing for that other family later and give that other couple a little bit a couple time to just chill out and relax and take their kids with you to go do something and it doesn't have to be really big but hey I think we all value half an hour 45 minutes to have a quiet cup of coffee right and I think what you're going to find is kids kind of entertain themselves it's almost no work for you right so I think those are kind of our tips to make traveling with family and friends a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And hope, yep. hopefully we get through this COVID thing, if, if, if it's still a thing, and we can get out there and see some of our friends and family closer than six feet. Absolutely. So here's with that episode, here's hoping that we get together close and very, very soon. But until then, stay safe. Have fun. Bye.